Again, we've, uh, today we're kind of covering Daniel 10 through 12, but rather than read the entire thing for you, I just want to get an introduction for that amazing passage from Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. Verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of God, would you? In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel. Now, remember the first year, 50,000 uh, of the Israelites returned to the Holy Land, 800 miles away. But Daniel was still, uh, Daniel was still in Babylon. Daniel, who was named Belshazzar, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. Now Daniel's personal testimony takes over here. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. And on the 24th day of the first month, right after Passover, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold... A man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. And then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep. With my face to the ground, I read that to say I pass out and hit the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Can you picture him now on his hands and knees? And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved. Remember that from last week? Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. Now look at this. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. The very word of God. Now, please be seated. Thank you for standing with me for God's word. Well, wow. Again, uh, 
this is an introduction to an amazing fourth vision. Some of you might remember very on um, early in the study of Daniel, we kind of presented a chart on the wall, and we saw how Nebuchadnezzar's first vision of the statue, remember that? Um, was kind of a guiding vision for the rest of the visions of Daniel. Then we saw when Daniel began receiving visions of his own, they paralleled those visions. And we saw one where Daniel uh, saw the, um, the kingdom of the Medo-Persian empire being established. We saw one where Daniel saw this, this amazing vision of the kingdom of Greece coming. And we saw in Daniel chapter 7 that there was this fourth kingdom. There was this fourth kingdom. Now, it's really easy to jump and say that is clearly Rome because um, in later visions that Daniel received, it parallels the exact events that happened in Rome. But we've come to understand that 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 fourth kingdom is not yet over. We've come to understand that, in a sense, that fourth kingdom is a series of kingdoms like ours, all based on... The, the foundation laid by the Persian, by the Greek, by the Roman kingdoms. Uh, in chapter 11, he goes into great depth about uh, an amazing uh, warfare between a kingdom and, and the people of God. And, uh, and I invite you to read that. It'll be a little confusing, but understand almost clearly that 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 kingdom is the Grecian kingdom that was still yet to come in Daniel's time. And at the end of that kingdom, there is yet another prototype of a a Nebuchadnezzar-like figure that has all the power of earthly kingdoms and yet still falls before the kingdom of God. Last week we saw that, that very likely this Grecian kingdom ended up with the person of Antiochus defiling the temple and setting up the abomination of desolation in the temple. But I want to suggest to you, as you peruse um, uh, chapter 11, the direct answer to our introduction today, I want to just really in, encourage you to recognize the pattern again and the promise, right? Earthly kingdoms will rise and and they will uh, persecute the people of God. It will happen over and over and over again. Don't confuse earthly kingdoms with the kingdom of God. At the very same time, recognize the reason that God gives you insight, even as he gave Daniel insight into these coming kingdoms, is that you could recognize that there is this stone that will destroy all earthly kingdoms. There is this kingdom of God that you are a part of. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, there is this kingdom of God that you are a part of. Now you are on the Lord's side establishing a beachhead in the midst of these earthly kingdoms that one day will be fulfilled when Christ our King comes again. Our study of Revelation. We'll get to look at that in depth together. But today I want to I wanted, we have one more week in Daniel next week where we'll try and anchor ourselves in, in the truths that we've learned. I want to look one more time with you at the person of Daniel, right? Because this Daniel is a human being. He is just like you and me. 
And, and as he faced these trials and tribulations, as he faced these amazing truths about the future, we can learn from him how he responded as, as we face those same trials, as we face those same temptations, as we wrestle with those very same truths, right? So what can we learn uh, about ourselves from this study of Daniel? What do we learn? I'm, I'm just trying to place myself um, in what Daniel must have experienced. 50,000 of his brothers and sisters have gone back to the Holy Land. And, and the ones that are remaining are probably the ones that are not so motivated, right, uh, for the things of the Lord. Most of the ones who left were the people that wanted to be a part of God's fulfilled vision. So any, any friendlies left in, in the Medo-Persian kingdom are probably people that are struggling in their relationship with the world. They're struggling to let go of the things of this world. And it seems like Daniel is absolutely overwhelmed, right? So the question I want to ask us is, what do we do, what can we do when we ourselves are physically, emotionally, and spiritually struggling? Can we learn something from Daniel? Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen this incredible uh, truths from how Daniel responded to the struggles. I want to suggest to you that in our passage today, there are several too. And some of them are very familiar to us by now. And, and you say, why does God keep pounding these same truths? Probably because he knows we struggle with them, right? So what can we do when we're struggling? Um, Daniel chapter 10 says, we can humble ourselves again. We can humble ourselves. Look what, look what this angel said to Daniel. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before God. From the first day you humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. Again, we've seen this before, but the moment Daniel began praying, God sent a response. And we're going to say, well, what happened to that response? Why did it why did it take 21 days to get there? We'll, we'll look at that in just a moment. But how did he humble himself? And, and for some of you, you're, this, is, this is not rocket science. For others of you, this is going to be absolutely life transforming. He humbled himself through prayer. And he said, what kind, of, what kind of humility is that? Well, when you're on the, on the throne of your life and you're used to being the Lord of your life, to be able to cry out to someone else, I need help. It's one of the most hard things to do, right, for us. Do you remember, remember little Matthew when he was on that, on that, uh, that slide? I'm I'm getting to go over there now with Matthew's son. And now to the Olivet playground, the old Olivet playground with that silver slide. That place where, where after taking him down the smaller slides, um, Matthew began to crawl up the ladder right to the big one. And Karen was sitting there right next to me. And she says, don't let him do that. And I said, yeah, let him do it, right? Kind of difference between mothers and fathers, right? Protect him, the mother says. The father says, no, put him in danger, right? And, and, but I, I had this insight that, 
that I could go help him. But there was a powerful truth that was learned when he learned to cry out for help himself, right? And so he, he, now again, this thing's only about this high, but when you're that high, it seems huge, right? And he clambered up to the very top, and then you could see it in his eyes. And Karen going, come on, come on. And I'm saying, no, not yet, not yet, right? And, and finally he said, help. He said, help, right? And, and maybe, just maybe, in that action, he learned a life principle that would feed his soul the rest of his days. That we can cry out. We can humble ourselves and say, God, I can't do this myself. I need you. I need you. One of the ways that we humble ourselves is by talking to God. Not talking at God, but talking with God. And again, the moment the angel says that Daniel began praying, God began answering. But notice that there's something else going on here, too. He uses this concept of fasting again. And and people fast for a variety of reasons. But um, I want to suggest to you that, that a powerful tool for humbling yourself is fasting. Why? Because what does fasting do? Now, you can fast from a lot of things, but usually in Scripture when you see fasting, they're fasting from food and sometimes from drink. In this case, he was fasting from rich foods and rich drink, right? And wine. He fasted for 21 days. What what does fasting do? Well, what has it done for you when you have fasted, right? Shows you how enslaved you are to stuff, right? I'm I'm two days into a coffee fast. My stomach is churning, right? Coffee. I want coffee, right? My whole body is oriented toward this. I didn't do it just for this morning. I had a doctor's appointment. He says, you've really got to get off that stuff, right? you got to. I said, I love that stuff. I just ordered. Uh-oh. I'm myself off to dry. I just ordered bourbon-infused firehouse coffee, right? So if you come to my office, I'm a little loopy. You'll know that it's the... Permit. Hope you understand. The, the alcohol goes off when they when they roast the beans. But um, yeah, um, wow. When we fast, we realize our addictions. Don't believe me? Try fasting from your phone for one day. Right? You probably get fired. But but fast for for one day. Right? It's so hard. It's so hard. It's humbling you realize how enslaved you have really become. So so the angel gives Daniel amazing insight into uh, how he has humbled himself. First he says, the moment you prayed, the moment you humbled by yourself and cried out for help, God sent an answer, right? But then, But then he also says something else. He says, secondly, when you... The first day that you set your heart to understand. Now those words sound like a bunch of Bible words and they go by really fast. I want you to see those, right? Another way that, that, that we can uh, 
come through our times of struggle are by setting our hearts to understand the revealed word of God. Remember a couple of weeks ago we saw Daniel searching Jeremiah, the words of Jeremiah for insight as to what should happen when the 70 years of exile were up. Here again, uh, a few verses later, the angel reaffirms the value of doing this. The angel says, oh man, greatly Love, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, right? As he spoke to me, and we saw Daniel struggling to understand the presence of this angel. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. I love it so much that you have dedicated the last ten weeks of your life to understanding the word of the Lord. Um, There's so many familiar stories in Daniel, and it's easy just to think, oh yeah, I know those stories. But you have studied God's word. You've wrestled with God's word. You've set your heart to understand. And, and did everything come crystal clear, just like that? No, and remember, take comfort. It didn't for Daniel either. The value was not in his comprehension. The value was in the fact that he set his heart to understand God's word is true. Amen? It's mysterious sometimes. Amen? When you set your heart to understand it, you're humbling yourself, yes, but but you're opening the door for God to reveal in his perfect timing um, his purposes for for your life. So so I want to encourage you. Um, what can you do? You can humble yourself through prayer and fasting. And you can set your heart to understand the revealed word of God. What God has already given you. Set your heart to understand it. But as we saw in, in Daniel 10.19. He also gives us a couple more things. He said. Fear not. Don't be afraid. I told you that several of these things were pounding because God's word pounds us with it. Fear is the enemy of faith, right? Don't be afraid. Don't succumb to fear, right? Because fear clouds your vision. Fear cobbles your, your, uh, your ability to understand. Fear keeps you from Grappling with the revealed word of God. Don't be afraid. Daniel says. And he goes on further. If one is the negative side of it, don't be afraid. The other is the positive side. Be fearless, yes. But also be at peace. Be at peace. For those of you who are new with us, we've come to understand that that peace is not the absence of conflict, right? God never said that there would not be conflict. In fact, he promised there would be. But but peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of Christ in the midst of it. Did you see how many times in those 10 verses that we read, we saw that the angel touched him, right? The angel touched him. Why, why is that? What is that? The angel's trying to say, Daniel, I'm here, right? You remember when children Halsey and, and Jenny were young, right? The comfort of just touching them. 
how hard it's been this last year. Um, uh, Jimmy shook my hand just a little, little while ago, and, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know. About three times in the last year, I've shaken someone's hand. All those things that we took for granted, all those connection points that we took for granted have been taken away from us. We fasted from them for us, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. We did that for a purpose, but um, there's something beautiful that happens when when we understand the presence of someone your physical touch, right? He touched him and he was able to get up on his knees from, from being passed out. He touched his lips and he was able to cry out to God. He couldn't even speak. Have you ever had that, that phenomenon? Kind of in between sleep and waking up and you feel a heavy weight on you and you want to speak. Maybe you're coming out of anesthesia or something out or coming out of sleep and, and, and you want to speak and you can't and the angel touched his lips. And, and he could speak. And then we see one more time, he touched him physically, and finally he was able to get up off his knees and stand. But God's greatest desire, as we'll see for you, is to stand. Stand in the midst of the turmoil. Stand in the midst of the struggles. The peace of God, which is revealed by his presence, um, is the it's the gift of God to help you do that. Be fearless. Be at peace. And then he says, he says powerfully, be strong and courageous. I was looking, I was looking for Riley and he, I don't see him here today, but I'm still wearing the Riley thing. Many of you are on my wrist, right? And the verse that Riley had chosen, the moment he discovered that he was going to have this, this physical struggle, was um, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. It says it five times at the end of Deuteronomy, the beginning of Joshua. The angel says that to Daniel here as well. Oh man, greatly loved, don't be afraid. Peace be with you. Be strong and courageous, right? Well, how do we do that? We are blessed. We have gifts that Daniel did not have. We have Ephesians chapter 6, our call to worship today, right? Turn with me for just a second to Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. And let me read it for you one more time, right? And listen for how many times you hear the word strong or strength. Listen for how many times you hear the word stand, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Right? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. If that were not enough, then he introduces the armor of God by saying, stand, therefore. Stand. The amazing um, revelation of Daniel chapter 10 is this. That, that we're struggling in the physical realm, 
But that struggling is a reflection of the warfare going on in the spiritual one. I'm mindful that this might make some of you uncomfortable. And, and, and on the one hand, I apologize for that. On the other hand, I don't apologize for that because I think that we grow through uncomfortable times, right? Um, sometimes it's, it's the un- discomfort that, that helps us to see a new perspective, that helps us to, to be strengthened on the inner person for a new uh, experience. But, but Daniel chapter 10 is saying that there is warfare going on in heaven over countries and over peoples and over individuals, right? That, that's the bad news. The good news is that you got some pretty cool warriors on your side. Have you been blessed by, by human beings who have been your prayer warriors who have who have surrounded you in your time of need, maybe physically supporting you, emotionally being there for you, and interceding for you spiritually. That's just an amazing gift, right? But now imagine that you've got Gabriel doing that, right? Uh, and, and I don't... I don't <laughs> a, a brother and I were studying this passage earlier this week, one of my accountability groups, and 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 we were talking, we were laughing about how we got... We got that guy from um, from the Christmas movie, right? The angel trying to earn his wings. Is his name Harold? Was that right? Uh, we we got that guy, right? Trying to and and um, and that's okay. Um, Daniel um, Daniel doesn't name him as Gabriel here, but we've seen before that Gabriel came to speak to him. And and did you see what that angel said? The moment you spoke, I began to make my way to you, right? The moment you began praying, and I was withstood for 21 days. For 21 days, there's warfare going on. Now, do you remember what Daniel was doing during this time? What was he doing? He was praying and fasting, right? And, and, and if I was Daniel, I, I don't think he said, I think I'm going to start out for a 21-day fast. I don't think he did that. I think he said, I, I desperately need you, God. And I'm going to keep on praying, and I'm going to keep on fasting until you answer. Beloved, there's this beautiful concept called praying through something, right? Not where you lob up a, a prayer, and then, and then when God doesn't answer, you say, well, I guess God doesn't care for me, or he's not powerful enough, right? Or all those other fallback things that we do to protect ourselves from the truth. But here we discover that the truth is there's spiritual warfare going on and we partner with that angel, right? We partner with that angel uh, in seeking God's face and praying for strength. We partner in the kingdom of God. And, And maybe, just maybe, God has placed you in this time, in this season, for that very reason, for such a time as this, right? Um, So that you child of God, can partner with God, can partner with the angels, can partner with Gabriel, can partner with Michael, right? And the spiritual warfare that it's going to take to bring the gospel to as many people as possible. He was delayed 21 days. And did you see what he said? I could not have done it, this angel said. I just love this. We're getting amazing insight into spiritual warfare. I could not have done it if Michael hadn't come to my aid. I'm looking at Michael over there. Do um, you remember what your name means, Michael? Who's, I got two Michaels in that same line of vision. I got two of them right there. 
Why did your parents name you that? Because Michael means who is like the Lord. This angel who is like the Lord came to this angel's aid. Did you notice what he said? I'm going to be withstood again as I leave this place, right? The prince of Persia. And after that, the prince, he's not talking about humans. He's talking about angelic beings that whose whole purpose is to disrupt the things of God. I'm going to be withstood by the prince of Greece after that. Right? And he was. There was incredible spiritual warfare. Well, what, what does that mean for us right now? It means that, that the struggles that we're facing, and, and again, for me, just in the brief time that I've been on the face of the earth, this is the most unprecedented time where truth is not to be found, where, where people are going to war over things that God's word has already made clear. Um, these are unprecedented times. What would God require of us, beloved, in the midst of these unprecedented times? Let's humble ourselves. Let's pray. Right? Let's pray. Let's fast. Right? And, and let's seek to understand the word that God has given us. I want to say one more word about Daniel chapter 11. For those of you who look at it, it is, it is very complex. A lot of people, I remember when I was in the 70s, when I was first becoming aware of prophecy, I just assumed that that Daniel 11 was talking about all future events. But it seems really clear. If you correlate it with, with things that happened during the time of Greece, it seems really clear that the bulk of Daniel chapter 11 is talking about the time leading up to Christ. Why do I keep pointing that out week after week? Because we're living in the last days right now. We're living in a time when the kingdom of God has come and we have untold spiritual, emotional, and physical resources to partner with God in bringing about his kingdom. One day, his kingdom will come physically. But for the last 2,000 years, People like you and me have brought that kingdom in spiritually by our presence in the world. So I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to to make a stand for God's kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 6, as you return to that passage, you'll have an amazing opportunity to find out how you can prepare yourself for that warfare. He gives you these amazing gifts, right? The belt of truth. Hello, the first one, right? Truth, right? He gives you the breastplate of righteousness, right? He gives you the shoes of the gospel, right? To take you wherever God would put you. He gives you the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the very word of God. But but don't miss the last one, right? And, and don't miss the one in 618. He gives you... The ability to pray. I'm looking at my sweet sister Betsy here, and and um, and I'm just so grateful to partner with with you in prayer. I'm sorry I'm laughing because I think one time we were praying, I knocked her down in the driveway, and and um, don't pray with your eyes shut all the time, okay? Um, but wow, God has given you with the most powerful weapon for spiritual warfare the world has ever known that at your word angels might be dispatched from heaven to come 
and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. One of the easiest ways to see that is in physical things. And it's so awesome when God answers our cry and, and answers our physical needs. But there are much deeper things than physical needs. There's a world that so desperately needs the peace of Christ. And you can pray it into existence. There is a world that so desperately needs to know that they are greatly loved, right? How many times have we heard that? Twice in today's passage, one in last week, over and over again, the affirmation of God to his children is you are greatly loved, right? The precious gift of God is that we can pray and we can be strengthened in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, uh, um, the Apostle Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Pray with me, would you? Lord God, thank you for your word that, that you condescend, God, to, to reveal to us truths and in images and words that we can understand and yet and yet at the very same time you're encompassing infinite thoughts god far beyond our ability to grasp god so many times we felt like daniel we we have encountered you and all we can do is fall on our face before you and then you touch us and you gently invite us to rise to our hands and knees you touch our mouths and say speak speak the truths of God's word. And, and you touch us again and we're able to stand. And yeah, we get buffeted by, by the storms around us, by the cultural wars raging around us, which cannot compare, God, to the spiritual warfare going on in heavenly realms. And yet you invite us to stand. God, what is going to enable us to do it? God, you sent a Daniel before us, far surpassing Daniel. You sent your own son, Jesus Christ. God, our hope is not in our physical abilities. And if anything, we're ever reminded how frail we really are. No, our our strength is not in our our emotional well-being. God, you can take that away in a heartbeat. Our strength, God. The way that we stand is in Christ and Christ alone. So God, until that day when all that we have seen in your word comes true, until that day when there is a new heaven and a new earth and, and we reign with Christ together for eternity, until that day, God, help us to draw strength from your touch, from Christ's presence. Help us to find our hope in Christ alone.